Welcome to the Arise and Shine podcast, part of the teaching ministry of Pastor Festus Nasoha of Oasis Church and Holy Ghost End Time Ministries International. As it says in Isaiah 60 verse 1, Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of God shines over you. It is our hope and desire that through this podcast you would be encouraged and experience the transforming power of God's word. Be blessed. Arise and shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today. Anoint this program, Father, and glorify your wonderful name. We thank you, Lord Holy Spirit. Let your presence fill this place and fill the person watching. Let your mighty hand be released in power and miracles, Lord, today even upon those watching this program. Let your blessing be upon them, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want us to look again there in Matthew chapter 3 and in the New Testament, Matthew 3, and we can see the baptism of the Lord Jesus. Verse 16 says, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up, set way out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Fantastic. Who was saying that? The Heavenly Father. The Holy Ghost came upon Jesus like a dove. So we see that the Father is speaking, the Holy Ghost is coming upon Jesus, and God the Son coming out of the water. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, where they are all present in this baptism experience. But what touches me is that the Heavenly Father bear witness to the Son. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. All of us, you and I, should live our daily life with one motive, one drive. Everything we do, everything we say, every choice we make should be centered in this very thing to please God. In fact, in the book of Hebrews chapter 6, it says these words, Hebrews, I mean, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So faith is given to you and I for one primary purpose, not just to receive things from God, but to be pleasing to God. You are a child of God. You are a believer. The faith of God in your heart is given for you and I for one primary purpose, to be acceptable and pleasing to God, to be satisfactory to Him. We should live our daily life with one motive, to be pleasing to God. And that's what Christ lived for. He lived to please the Father. In, in John chapter 8, he was saying there that the Father is with me. The Father have not left me. Why? Because I always do those things that pleases him. If we live to please God, then our life has a focus. It has a meaning. Our daily life will not be complicated. If all we do, all we think, all we say, what the things we do is only motivated and driven with one thing, to please God then our life has a focus. Our energy will not be scattered. We will have a focus. We have a direction. And there in Matthew, still in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 14, 
And we can look, there, look at there from verse uh, 6 says, But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. Whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. Just imagine that. And she being before told of her mother, said, Give me here John the Baptist's head in a charger. This is how John the Baptist had, was, you know, beheaded. Because the daughter of Herodias danced to the pleasing of Herod and the audience on his birthday. Just imagine, he had made an oath to give that young girl even half of his kingdom because she danced to impress, to please, to the satisfaction of Herod and the audience. Can you imagine what the Father would do for you and I every day if our motivation, our actions, our words, our thoughts, the things we do is focused and driven just to please Him? There's something that happens when a royal is pleased. Our God is the King of kings and Lord of lords. There is something fantastic that happens when a royal heart is, is, is driven, is motivated, is, 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 is provoked with joy and gladness and, and satisfaction. Christ knows what it means when you and I as God's own children on earth today will, be, will live to please the Father, to fascinate Him, to intrigue Him. He can see our in and out, that we live to make Him happy. Our drive, our motivation, our joy is to glorify His name, to bring a smile on His face. So Christ Himself can look down and see us living a life that pleases Him. He can look at the wounds in his hands. He can remember Calvary. And he will say, it was what the sacrifice I made on Calvary's cross. When we live a life every day, seeking with all our heart to bring a joy and a smile to the heart of our God and Father. When we, he look at all of his creation, when he look at all of humanity, he see all the rebellion, all the sin all the headache and agony, all the pain and sufferings that we bring upon ourselves and upon one another. All the wars, the rumors of wars, but then he can turn away his eyes and look at you and I who has believed in Jesus. Oh, he will keep his focus upon us because from there he derives joy and pleasure. Let's live to please the Lord. That ought to be the desire of every one of us today. And I challenge you and myself that we should live daily our life of faith to please God. And then in 2 Peter, in the chapter, uh, chapter 1 of 2 Peter, in there we read something there from the verse 17, Peter was writing, For he received from God the Father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mountain. Now Peter was quoting here from Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 17. 
Peter was quoted from Matthew chapter 17. So we can see that through the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, here and there, the Father would bear witness from the excellent glory and confess, this is my beloved Son. He did that in his baptism. And now here on Mount, the Father also said that again. Matthew 17, uh, verse 1 says, And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringing them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as a sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Wow. How would you feel if you would hear the Father say, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. You are my beloved daughter, in you I am well pleased. If God would be a witness to you and said, I am pleased with what you are doing. How would you feel if God tells you, I loved what you preached today in the church. I love that song you sang in the choir today. I love the way you reacted when your boss called you and asked you questions. I was pleased with what you said today in the classroom. We ought to live every day to please the Father. If God will say to you, I was pleased with the way you behaved in the bus today. I was pleased with the way you reacted when your mother was correcting you today. I was happy how you behaved when your father was rebuking you today. God is waiting at every point in our day to give his approval of, I was pleased with your reaction. I was pleased with how you spoke, how you behaved, how you sang. I was happy with the way you dressed today. You dressed to please me. You spoke to please me. You were speaking as if you were aware that I was watching. Hallelujah. What a blessing when the Father can do like this to you. I was pleased with your reaction today. I was pleased with your choices, your decision today. Let's live our life every day to please God. And anytime we please him, there's a new promise that comes, a blessing. Like Herodias was able to move Herod with his hadans that he promised her half of his kingdom. When we live to please God, when God is moved and motivated and, and fascinated with our sacrifice, our devotion, our gifts, our prayers, our praise, he knows our motivation is to do nothing but to please him. Even when we make mistakes in the midst of that, God knows the motive. He knows the motive was right. And he releases his blessings. Hallelujah. And so Peter was quoting here that uh, they were with the Lord here on Excellent Mount when the Father spoke, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. Hallelujah. And you and I as believers should live our life every day just to please God. And there in First Thessalonians, Paul was writing to the Thessalonian church. First Thessalonians chapter 4. 
and verse 1, he says, Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exalt you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us, how you ought to walk and to please God. So you would abound more and more. Sometimes I wonder, young Christians or many believers, I wonder, what are they really living for? When you wake up in the morning, what is your daily drive and motivation? What are you going to live the day for? This ought to be what we live for. As I said before, I met a young man years ago, and I asked him, said, what are you living for? He said, I'm an artist. I said, what are you living for? I said, oh, I live for my dear friend. What are you living for? Waking up this morning. For what? To go work, to go get money, to make money, to pay your bills. Good things. But is that what you are living for? We have been called, we have been chosen by God in Christ Jesus to live for one thing. To please God. To be acceptable in Him. To satisfy His heart. To make Him happy. To win His favor. We should never live to seek the pleasure of the flesh. People live their life just to fascinate, just to please their flesh, just to please themselves, or to please people around them, just to make people around them say, oh, you are wonderful, oh, you're light, oh, you're good. You're oh, no, 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 no. We, we have a higher motive and higher purpose for living. Our purpose in living must be to bring pleasure and joy to God who called us out of the darkness into his marvelous. We are to live pleasingly to the Almighty God. So here, Peter was, Peter, Paul was writing to the church in Thessalonica that, that we exalt it, but that you should know how you should walk to please God and then abound there more and more. Ask yourself, am I living to please God? Sometimes people say, should I wear this? Should I not wear this? Should I eat this? Should I not eat this? Should I drink this? Should I not drink that? Ask yourself the question. Will this please God? If you have that pleasing God thing in your heart, you will always, almost all the time, make the right decisions. Furthermore, brethren, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus that you have, as you have received of us, how you ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. We should teach people. We teachers and preachers should teach the Christian, teach the believer how they ought to walk and to please God. Not themselves, not the world, not the flesh, but to please God. In fact, in verse 3 it says, For this is the will of God, even in your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, from sexual vices. Paul is writing here that this pleases God. When you live a holy life, when you look, live a sanctified life, when you live a life that is pure and clean, when you set your heart to live righteously, it pleases God. I, I would rather for you from the Amplified Version of that First Thessalonians, that you should know how to be, carry your vessel, to live your life daily, your body, conduct your life, conduct your ways, conduct your attitude in the way that becomes holiness, to please the Almighty God, to live a life of righteousness and holiness and purity. Why? Because it pleases God, not because it's church doctrine, or not because pastor said that, and preacher preached that, but because I know it pleases God. 
Furthermore, brethren, we beg you and admonish you in virtue of our union with the Lord Jesus that you follow the instructions which you have learned from us about how you ought to walk. That word, your walk, how you ought to conduct your life so as to please and gratify God. Gratify to make him happy. As indeed you are doing and that you do so even more and more abundantly attaining yet greater perfection in living this life. Verse 2, For you know what charges and precepts we gave you on the authority and by the inspiration of our Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God that you should be consecrated, separated, and set apart for pure and holy living. That you should abstain and shrink from all sexual vice. That each of you should know how to possess control, manage his own body in consecration, purity, separated from things profane and honor. How you handle your body, how you behave yourself. You should set your heart and mind on pleasing God, on making God happy. Keep clean, keep pure. Why? Because God is pleased. God said, I am holy, be you holy. You must be holy unto me, for I, the Lord your God, I am holy. And there in the book of Romans, chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, and it says in verse, uh, verse 6 says these words, in fact, verse 5 says, For those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires, that's the flesh, set their minds and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit and are controlled by the desires of the Holy Spirit set their minds on and seek those things which glorify or make the Holy Ghost happy. Now, the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. Death that comprises of all the misery arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, is life. That's which gives peace, both now and forever. Verse 7 says, Now, that is because the mind of the flesh, which is carnal mind, carnal thoughts, is hostile to God, for it does not submit itself to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Verse 8 says, so then, those who are living the life of the flesh, catering to the appetites and impulses of their carnal nature, cannot please or satisfy God or be acceptable to Him. Just imagine that. We ought to live our life daily with one motive. I want to please God today. At the end of the day, when I come back home in the evening, kneel down, I should think about how I lived my day, and by his grace, I can say, oh, by his grace today, I did all I could to live a life that pleases God. In the way I conducted my life, in the way I spoke, in the way I thought, the things I did, the places I went to, what I exposed myself to, my main motive and decision was to please the almighty God. When you live that way, you always live in the very presence and the blessings of the almighty God. So we don't speak words that bring, that grieve the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 
verse 9 says, but you are not living in the, the life of the flesh. You are living the life of the spirit. If the Holy Spirit of God really dwells within you, directs and controls you. Hallelujah. Well, our life must be to please God. We must seek always to please him. And then there in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and chapter 2, and here Paul was writing to Timothy, and in verse 1 he says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We are in a warfare. Verse 4, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who are choosing him to be a soldier. You are chosen by Christ. You are called by the Almighty God to be a soldier. A soldier of the cross. A soldier of righteousness. And our drive and motivation is to hear or see our general do like this. That was good. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. All of us should desire and live for to hear the Lord one day say, that was good. That was well pleased. I'm, I'm satisfied with the work you did. A young boy, a young girl, a daughter in your home, you are mopping the floor, you are cleaning the house. Your dad or your mom gave you an assignment, something to do. Do you really do that with all your heart, with the intention that when mom comes back home, she will look around. When dad comes back home, he will look around. When dad sees the car that I cleaned, when mom sees the kitchen that I cleaned, that she will say, that was wise, that was nice. I am really happy with how you did it. The same way you and I should live before our heavenly father daily. God said to Abraham, walk before me and be perfect. I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. Walk before me and be perfect. Those that come to God must believe that he is. And he is a rewarder of those that seeks him diligently. So you and I must war as a good soldier. We should not entangle ourselves with the things of this world. Our motive and motivation must be to be pleasing to him who has called us to be a soldier. Hallelujah. The Lord is watching you. The Lord is watching me. Let's do our best every single day of our lives to do those things that are pleasing to him. Hebrews 13. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 16 says these words. We can begin actually from um, verse 16. Verse 16 says, By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. And then verse 16 says, But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. God is well pleased when we are able to share, when we are able to communicate, when we are able to make some sacrifices on behalf of other people, on behalf of God's kingdom and God's children, when we are able to support and sow seed into God's work, into God's kingdom. When you make that sacrifice, willingly to sacrifice, to help. Let me help. 
Let me send the support today. Let me pray for my brother. Let me pray for my sister. Let me support my church and my pastor. I want to do something that pleases God today. The Bible says, in so doing, God is well pleased. And then there again in Hebrews chapter 11. All the issue of faith. Why faith? The purpose of faith is for you and I to live a life that pleases God. When we totally, completely trust God and trust his word. When we lay hold on his promises. Firmly holding on to them. Knowing that God will never lie. His word is true. You stand firm upon what God has promised in his word. Not because you want to receive something. No, but because you believe that God is true. He will never lie. What he say he would do. When you stand firm upon the finished work of Calvary, believing and knowing and confessing and saying with all your heart, even in the midst of all odds, declaring boldly and freely, Satan, you are defeated. Sickness, you have been conquered. Demons, you will never control my life. I break your power, O Satan, because God's word has declared that I have dominion over all the works of darkness. Because Christ has conquered hell and death. When you stand by faith on the finished work of Calvary and enforce the defeat of hell, God is pleased. And when he is pleased, he justifies you. The Bible says Abraham believed God and God reckoned it for him for what? For righteousness. When you firmly rely on God's word, trust his word, trust in what he has done and accomplished on Calvary. Not because you want to receive this and receive, no, but because you know God will never lie. You are doing all you are doing to please him. God is pleased with your faith and God justifies you. Hallelujah. And then in, um, in verse 5 of Hebrews chapter 11, it says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. All the heroes of faith, what they achieved through their faith was to win God's approval, was to please the almighty God. They obeyed him. Why? Because they want to please him. They obeyed him. Why? Because they know he is true. So all they did by faith and through faith was to accomplish one thing, to please the Almighty God. And God gave his approval to, to Abel, to Abraham, to Jacob, to Moses, to Isaac, to, Solomon, to, 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 to David. God gave his approval to their work of faith and, and, and sacrifices. To Abraham, when he offered up Isaac on that altar, it was an an expression of faith in God. They wanted to please God. They wanted to obey him. So our faith today, the faith of God in your heart is given to you to please God. And I challenge you, my brothers and my sisters today, live a life daily, driven with that passion and motive to please the Almighty God. And when you do, the treasure of his kingdom is available to you. May God's blessings be upon you. May his mighty hand rest upon you. May the heavenly father be pleasing with your life and your work of faith. May everything you need be supplied to you by faith in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Right? Call. I want to hear from you. Join us. Pray for us and help keep us on air. This program is paid for by people like you.
be motivated today to support us in Jesus' name. God bless you. I love you. And the history face says to you, arise and shine. Jesus came to do one thing, and that is to bring the kingdom of God. The way this is accomplished in our lives is through the gift of salvation. Salvation is a free gift of grace. It means that a person is forgiven and freed from their sin, given a new life, will go to heaven when they die, and will one day be resurrected from the dead when Jesus comes to make all things new. To receive this gift of salvation, there's a couple key things. First, recognize you're a sinner meaning your life is not aligned with God's purpose for you and that you do things that are wrong and evil, deserving of God's judgment. Second, recognize that you need a savior, that Jesus died and rose again to forgive and free you from your sins and to give you a new life. Third, turn from your life of sin and believe in Jesus Christ for your salvation. You can pray a prayer like this. Father in heaven, I come before you today to turn from my sins. I recognize that I am a sinner and that I need a savior, and Jesus is that savior. I believe he died for my sins and rose again to set me free so I can be in heaven with you when I die and one day rise again like Jesus did. I turn to you, Lord, and I turn from my sins and receive from you a new life. In Jesus' name, amen. For more resources on the next steps to take, check out our website, holyghost.cz, and visit the page New Start under the Seeking God section. Thank you for listening to the Arise and Shine podcast. Our prayer is that it encouraged, instructed, and uplifted you and pointed you to Jesus Christ. For more information about Pastor Festus, Oasis Church, and Holy Ghost End Time Ministries International, visit our website, holyghost.cz. Be blessed.